Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Breaks a tackle. Hey everybody, welcome in to the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. We are 48 hours away, a little less than that, like 47 hours away from kickoff of the Rocky Mountain Showdown at Mile High Stadium. And I am so excited. You know, it's been kind of a long day. I was on the the Denver Sports Podcast, the BSN Denver Podcast, weekly show that brings in writers from four different teams, uh, hosted by Ali Monroy. We got a bunch of good buffs talk. I was there with uh, Drew Creesman, who covers the Rockies, uh, Ryan Konigsberg, who you guys know, uh, covers the Broncos, big buffs fan. Ali Monroy is the host, also a buffs fan, and Justin Michael, the... BSN Rams writer who isn't beloved by the BSN Buffs community had some great talks about the Rocky Mountain Showdown talked about the quarterbacks uh talked about green and gold as a color scheme and why that really doesn't work really recommend you guys giving it a listen if you're only interested in the Rocky Mountain Showdown talk that was all in the second segment of the show so if you want to like skip ahead feel free first segment we got into a bunch of Rockies and Broncos stuff which was a lot of fun. It's always fun to get to talk about all sorts of different sports. It's a very open-ended show, which is awesome. That got wrapped up. And then I was on the BSN Broncos podcast, filling in for Zach Stevens, who, uh, whose girlfriend's mother uh, had a heart transplant. And all indications are it went as well as it could have gone. And so that's promising. Definitely keep him in your thoughts. Uh, it's kind of a tough time. But it meant that I got to talk some Broncos, which is fun. We, we got into the Buffs a tiny bit, not much. If you're only interested in Buffs talk, maybe not the show for you. But if you want to hear about some Broncos stuff before they play the preseason game tomorrow night, uh, check that out as well. So I've already been talking about sports and recording it for over three hours today. And I'm a little bit beat, but I got a coffee. 
it's really bad. I had a good friend of mine who I really trust who told me I needed to try the pumpkin spice thing. So I did. Not not good. Not good at all. Don't recommend it. Going back to just the black Americano, get the caffeine in and move along. But I powered through it and now I'm feeling pretty lively and I'm ready to talk some buffs after a long day of talking about all sorts of different things. Um, let's see, a couple quick notes before we get into the rest of the roster breakdown. First, promo code SCOBUFFS, which we've been plugging since we launched BSM Buffs in July, uh, is going away tomorrow, or no, not tomorrow, Friday. Friday is the last day that you can use the promo code SCOBUFFS, S-K-O-B-U-F-F-S, uh, get $10 off a subscription, get a free shirt, uh, whether you want the Phil Lindsay homegrown shirt, the SCO shirt that uh, we dropped when we launched BSN Buffs, the Nebraska shirt with the crying kid, uh, which is my favorite. I think that that's pretty great. Uh, pick any of those three. We'll ship it to you. Uh, it's $34.99, and you get a year's worth of uh, coverage at bsndenver.com. Get that code or use that code while you can. Quick update. I told you guys we were down four subscribers yesterday. Well, we made a little push and we are now five subscribers ahead of BSN Rams. And that's how it should be because people should be more interested in hearing about what's going on with a Pac-12 football team than a Mountain West football team. So good job on that. We can still do better. Let's blow them out of the water. Uh, really appreciate your guys' subscriptions. means a lot. And it also means that we get to do more cool things because we can afford that. Okay, so there's that plug. Uh, tomorrow, we will be having Andre Simone on to talk more broadly about college football. I'm not sure exactly yet. We haven't figured out what we're going to talk about in particular. Uh, prospects from around the country, games from around the country, something like that. Always a blast. Um, and then Friday, we're going to have Justin Michael on again, and we're going to do more of a preview of this football game that's coming up in just 47 hours, which is kind of tough to believe, honestly. Um, yeah, last time he was on, we talked more about the rivalry stuff, kind of the big picture. Should it be in Denver? Uh, what we learned uh, at the Front Range Media Day, where we got to talk to coaches from all over the state. This time we're going into game talk, you know, matchups, buffs receivers versus uh, the Rams cornerbacks, that kind of stuff. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's always good to hear opponents' perspectives, something that's really important, I think, before you go into a game. So that's, so that's really the plan for the rest of the week. And then, of course, it caps off with that 8 p.m. kickoff of Rocky Mountain Showdown, which to me right now seems really late. You know, that game's not going to get over until midnight, probably at the earliest, then media availability, then writing. It's going to be a long one. And I'm really excited to to see some actual football, see whether LaVisca Chenault can... Who knows what he's going to do? I'm so excited. Um. So, yeah, let's get in to some roster talk. So... If you haven't been following along with the BSN Buffs podcast, last few days we've just been going position position through this roster, talking about 
my expectations, how everybody kind of fits together, some some of the strengths and weaknesses of different position groups and what that means for this team going forward. Covered the offense on Monday. Uh, Tuesday, we got about halfway through the defense, uh, but we still have to get to the secondary and the special teams. So let's get to it. Um, cornerbacks. Left cornerback, uh, the Buffs have Makai Blackman listed first, uh, KJ Trujillo, and then Tariq Luckett. You know, these are talented guys. We've heard good things about them through camp, but boy, is this a young group. So, starting at the top, uh, Makai Blackman. The the scary part with him is that he is just so small. Um, six foot, 165. And he's a junior, so he's been around. But that 165 pounds, that's scary. Especially when you know that on these depth charts, the team usually gives guys a couple pounds to make them seem a little bit bulkier. I'm five foot eight and 155 pounds. I can't imagine what would happen if I tried to tackle Eno Benjamin or or LaVisca Chenault is a great example. You know, I just would not have a chance. And sure, you know, Makai, he has the 10 pounds. He's a little bit longer. Uh, obviously, he probably has a little more muscle than I do. But still, he's not supposed to be winning those one-on-one tackle situations. He doesn't shy away from contact. He really likes that aspect of the game. That's what I've heard from him. That's what I've heard from other guys in the secondary and a couple coaches. So he's not scared. It's just whether he's capable. And what will happen if they have to stick him on a bigger receiver? You know, they play Air Force this year, which shouldn't be one of their tougher games. But those triple option offenses, they they just have receivers who are meant to block which means they're big guys, massive guys. And when you stick a Makai Blackman on uh, somebody who's built like that, you're just asking for things to go wrong. Running through their receivers, you know, projected starters, uh, uh, one of them 6'3", 210, the other 6'3", 205. Uh, behind them, 6'4", 200. Uh, you know, they're just big, big, bulky guys, and I don't know. It's it's tough to see Makai Blackman winning too many of those matchups. It just doesn't seem possible, you know? The good news is that he has been making plays in camp. Uh, during the open practice, he had both the interceptions during team drills, he was in the one-on-one drills, which are supposed to be won by the receivers. Cornerbacks should not have a chance uh, because they have no help. It's it's essentially a, a race to a spot. You know, on an in-route, it's a, it's a race to 10 yards downfield and 3 yards in. And the receiver has the advantage because they know where the race is going. They know where that finish line is, where they need to beat the cornerback to and get to be shifty and get to be unpredictable. Cornerback doesn't know where they're racing to. The quarterback 
has no pressure in his face. He's making practice throws. He should be putting that ball in the money every single time. The receiver should be winning those battles 75, 80% of the time, maybe even more. And Makai Blackman was just locked down. It didn't matter who he was going up against. He was just glued to that receiver. You know, and that and that's the upside to have having a smaller, shifty, sticky cornerback instead of a bigger guy who's more of a presence in the running game. You hope he doesn't get pushed around by big receivers, though, and that really is the one terrifying aspect going into this season. We've heard that he's been working at the star position, which is that hybrid outside linebacker cornerback role, which makes sense because you get to cover those slot receivers who are typically smaller guys, shifty guys, the kind of guy that Makai Blackman should be you know, great at stopping. But the downside is that that is still a hybrid linebacker spot. If there's an outside run, a stretch run to his side of the field, he's the tackler. He's the guy who has to force the running back back inside. Maybe maybe he can do that. Maybe not. It's something that we need to see to get a good read on. Um, behind him, KJ Trujillo, another guy that's gotten hyped up in camp like Makai Blackman, a uh, true freshman. He's been making plays, but, you know, it's tough for an 18-year-old to come in, learn a new scheme, and succeed. Right now, he's probably the number four cornerback, which which is scary. You know, he's a talented kid. In a couple of years, there's a good chance that he's locking down a starting job. You just don't know how raw he is. Tariq Luckett, listed as the third left cornerback, but probably their fifth cornerback overall. He's a converted wide receiver, and he's also a true freshman, and he converted two, three weeks ago. And again, first first day, he was making plays. I think after after practice, Mel Tucker said, you know, he's he's been contributing. He's shown the talent, the versatility to be able to play in the secondary instead of on offense. I just hope we don't coach those natural instincts out of him. So, you know, those are good things to hear, but raw, so raw. On the other side at right cornerback, Delrick Abrams is your number one. And you feel confident in him as your number one. 6'3", 185, he's a senior I was going through my notes on Delrick before the show, the notes I took while I was watching all the games from last season, just so I could kind of refresh what my take was on him. And there were two plays that I thought really summed up who he was as a player last year. Um, The first came in game one against Colorado State, when I think it was a third down, uh, CSU throws the ball to the sideline. Uh, Delrick Abrams is in coverage, and the pass is to Preston Williams, who's a massive receiver, now uh, tearing up camp for the Miami Dolphins in the NFL. The ball goes to Preston Williams. Delrick gets there and just rips the ball out of his hands forces the incompletion, and just outstrengths a a power receiver, which is something that, you know, you don't really expect because 
he's a long guy. Uh, Delrick Abrams is six three, but he's only one hundred and eighty five pounds. Like he isn't jacked. He's he's still a little skinny, but he he plays with that kind of intensity that you like to see. He's very physical. He uh, he's mean. He's he's somebody who can really help set the tone for this defense. And you know that's something that it, that Makai Blackman has too, where. Sure, he's not the biggest guy at 165 pounds, but he does play, play mean, plays physically, and uses all of that weight. You know, Mikhail Onu, uh, who we're going to talk about, he he's another big physical guy. You know, and I really do think that that's going to kind of be the what this defense's identity is in 2019. The second play from Delrick Abrams was a week later against Nebraska. Uh, he he was supposed to have the contain on the backside of a read option. Screwed up. Uh, didn't, didn't take the right angle. Adrian Martinez put a juke on him in the backfield, and Derek just whiffed. Adrian Martinez ran 41 yards for a touchdown and Delrick kind of watched from his knees. That's that's the downside. It's positioning, decision making that you know, I I think that he has taken a step forward. We've heard pretty good things about him. Uh he's been studying this new defense intensely. Uh I had a chance to talk to him a couple days ago and he just would not stop talking about how important watching film is how important spending time talking with the coaches, talking with the other cornerbacks, talking with the safeties is to learning something. He gets it. And I do think that he can clean up some of that kind of stuff because he's he's a prototypical cornerback. He's long, six foot three, lanky, 185. You think kind of like that Aqib Talib type almost, where it's just tall enough to stick with the big guys, extremely fast can stick with the small guys and just lock them down he's a good cornerback like so many players though it's just about how well he understands his role in the defense and whether he makes good decisions and I think coming back now as a senior I I think that he will take a step forward and I'm excited to see it uh, behind him is sophomore Chris Miller uh, he's probably the Buffs' number three cornerback, but they break it down left and right, so you don't know for sure, but I'd feel confident saying that. I was surprised. Uh, I'm not a huge pro football focus guy, but pro football focus had Chris Miller, I, I think is the fifth best Buff defensive player last year uh, in terms of their rating, and he was he was a freshman. Now he's back for his sophomore year, and I think that you know we talk a lot about how there's not much depth in the secondary, especially at cornerback, and that's true. Your fourth and fifth guys are true freshmen who, you know, they're probably pretty raw. But I'm excited to see this top three of Delrick Abrams, Makai Blackman, Chris Miller. I think that I I think that they will be a pretty strong group. But again, it just depends on how well they understand their roles in this defense. It's time to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. 
You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. For you beer enthusiasts out there, they're calling this a light-hearted Kolsch ale, but for those of you who have no idea what that means, this is that light, delicious summer beer that you've been looking for. So look for Strawberry Sky at your local liquor store or any other Breckenridge beer. And make sure you also look out for the Breckenridge event calendar on bsndenver.com. You'll be able to see all of the events we have planned, and we will be drinking Breck beers at all of them. So RSVP and have a good time. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. Moving along now, it's time to talk about the safeties and we're actually going to start by talking about the star back which the buffs have listed as a safety outside linebacker hybrid uh davion taylor is the starter there uh he's 6'2 225 pretty big for that role um and and we've talked about what exactly the star back will do in this defense uh in the past but i want to go over that again briefly just so that we're on the same page basically so the star back they have a list as an outside linebacker safety hybrid i call it more of an outside linebacker cornerback hybrid because i mean this guy is going to be spending most of the time covering slot receivers so it's kind of like that slot cornerback they want the safety skills because your your run stuffer there too uh, you're the first guy outside of the defensive line, so any run that's coming that way, any stretch runs, any tosses, you know, the the star will be the first guy who really has a chance to make a play, uh, force force the runner back inside, make a tackle, whatever. Um, so you need those tackling skills because you are, I mean, you're not lined up in the box, but you're right next to the box. Uh which is why that you need the safety linebacker type skills, but you're also responsible for covering slot receivers. So you need the quickness as well, uh, the ability to stick with smaller receivers. And that's what Davion has told me has been the struggle for him uh, in this starback role, where in the Mel Tucker defense, the starback is going to be spending a lot more time in coverage 
than rushing the passer or playing the run game, focusing on the run game like the Buffs have used that position in the past. And that's why Davion Taylor fits so well there because he is a bigger guy for that role. Uh, he's a better tackler. He's stronger. But now uh, he says that he's struggling a little bit in coverage. This year, uh, the Starbacks stopped uh, practicing with linebackers. They were working with the outside linebackers the last couple of years. Now they work with the safeties. So they're really focused on developing those safety coverage type skills uh, instead of the tackling skills that a linebacker focuses on. And Davion says that that's really helped him. He's also learning how to use his size to his advantage. You know, what he said is if he ever gets his hands on a receiver, it's over. He can push him around. He can lock him up. He can stop the guy from getting into his break. It's if he doesn't get a good push early that things start to get ugly because he's been going up against guys like Dimitri Stanley, Jalen Jackson, uh, Curtis Shiverini a lot in practice. Those are the primary slot receivers. And Dimitri in particular has given him some trouble just because he is so quick. He is so shifty. He's so speedy. That's not the kind of guy that Davion does well against. And that's going to be what's worth watching with him in that position is whether he's solid in coverage. You know, Colorado State, I think, is a pretty good matchup to start just because they don't have the depth at receiver like uh, some of the other teams the Buffs will face later on, particularly these Pac-12 teams that just have speed everywhere. Uh, Davion needs to lock guys down. He needs to be physical if this is going to work out. Makai Blackman... We've heard has worked at Star. It'll be interesting to see whether... Oh, I said interesting. <laughs> we'll see if he actually spends much time playing there, whether he does come inside. You know, he it's, it's this weird thing at this position where what you really want is a guy who can tackle and stop the run when runs go toward the edge. And you want a guy who can stick with quick, speedy receivers. And usually those are two very different builds. Davion Taylor being better as the run stuffer. Makai making his living, earning his scholarship by being able to stick with quick receivers. Makai isn't listed in that depth chart, but I wouldn't be surprised if he is used in that role. Um, behind Davion is Mark Perry, which is something that surprised us when we first saw this depth chart. Uh, he was he was expected to be maybe strong safety instead of in this hybrid role. So it is worth noting that this is where they see him as a fit. Six foot one ninety five, you know, he's he's halfway between Makai Blackman and, and Davion Taylor. It that makes sense that that be the type of player that you want to see there. But since he is a freshman, we haven't had too much of a chance to see what he can do. So when he does rotate in, and I do think that he will rotate in on this defense, he's a guy to watch. He's definitely a guy to watch. Uh, behind him, Dylan Thomas, third string, uh, probably won't get much playing time as a redshirt freshman. Um, at the traditional safety spots, 
The starters are Mikhail Onu and Aaron Maddox. Not a surprise. Aaron Maddox is in he has the backstory of a very good athlete. Uh, his dad was a key piece of the Desert Swarm defense at Arizona in the early 90s. Yeah, early 90s. Uh, he was actually the captain of that defense at inside linebacker next to Teddy Bruschi. Uh, Aaron has a bunch of brothers and I think some sisters who are you know, pro athletes, college athletes. It's a big family. They've all kind of been raised to be athletes. He's the strong safety. Uh, I, I think that he's in line for a pretty big season. He's very athletic, uh, very fast, and also has that edge to him that we've talked quite a bit about with this defense, where you have guys like uh, Nate Landman, who's a hitter, uh, John Van Deest, who's a big physical guy. Josh Allen had a, a massive hit at linebacker in the open practice. I mean, it was a little bit late, and he actually knocked his own helmet up in the air. The hit actually made uh, the Relentless video, the first episode of the Relentless series that the Buffs released today. They're, I think they're going to be weekly videos. They're like 12 minutes long. The first episode was a lot of Mel Tucker, Tucker talking about his family. You know, his mom was an artist, all this kind of stuff. I was really interested by it. I do suggest that you guys check that out. And keep an eye out for when Josh Allen lights up a running back at the boundary, just outside the boundary, uh, and his helmet flies up in the air because he hit the guy so hard. Point is, he's another hitter. Uh, Davion Taylor's that kind of guy. Mikhail Onu is. Uh, Aaron Maddox, Makai Blackman has that. You know, this is going to be a very physical defense. Who knows if they're going to be in position all the time, but I do think that they're going to be making a bunch of highlight reel type plays. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit of a tangent, but that's the type of player Aaron Maddox is. He's he's a hitter. He's fast. He's a bright kid. I think he's picking up on this defense, and they're going to need him to do that. Um, behind him at strong safety, Darian Rakestraw, and third string, Sam Neuer. Neuer, I don't think, is going to see the field too much at safety this year, but it's kind of tough to project. Uh, Rakestraw, I do think, will rotate in. But I, I think that Neuer is going to be pretty big on special teams just because he's very big, very athletic. We saw him light up uh, a guy who picked him off in the Oregon State game last year. That's the reason he switched to safety. You know, he he lost the quarterback battle to um, Tyler Lytle and Blake Stenstrom, the backup job. And Mel Tucker said, hey, I was watching the tape. I saw you do this against Oregon where you lit up a guy. You want to try switching to safety? And Sam said, sure. So, there he is. I think special teams contributor probably doesn't see the field much at safety this year, but next year could crack that rotation. Um, free safety, we have Mikhail Onu starting. The transfer from, grad transfer actually, from SMU. He is another bright guy. He's another one of those safeties who's a thinker 
but also very athletic and a big hitter. So Mikhail graduated from SMU. He was telling me he took 34 credits last year, uh, his third year in college, so that he could graduate early and uh, have this last year of eligibility where he could transfer to CU. 34 credits in one year is quite a few. Uh, he's still just 21 and already got that degree. I, you know, he, he isn't that big, but he's a good athlete. He didn't look great in coverage in the tape that I watched. I think I've said this on the podcast before, but after he transferred to Colorado, there was a video going around, like two-minute highlight clip of him from last season. And in his highlights, you could see that he was out of position in coverage pretty often, which isn't something that you want to be able to see in a highlight video. But he made up for it because he did have, you know, the good closing speed, the good ball skills. When he had an opportunity, he took advantage. He's very strong in the run game. And that's something that uh, Coach uh, Calhoun, Troy Calhoun, I believe is his name, at Air Force was saying is a key part of this Mel Tucker defense. I'm kind of spoiling too much of the story that I wrote yesterday, so I won't go too deep into all that. But the point is that, you know, Troy said one of the things that he's very intrigued by with this Mel Tucker defense, and part of the reason he's had to study it so much before they play this game, is that the Buffs use those safeties in the run game in such unique ways. That's what Mel Tucker likes to do, you know, give so many different looks that you never really know what's coming. Mikhail Onu is a guy who will really contribute in the run game. In coverage, question marks. And that's something that we said a lot about this secondary and even the linebackers. What do they really contribute in coverage will go a long way in determining what this Buffs defense can do this season because they have the attitude, they have the hitters. I think they have uh, they have the bodies who can stop the run. I do think their pass rush could actually be surprisingly good this year, surprisingly strong. There's a lot of projection with some young guys. But the biggest question is, can the secondary cover? And that's a pretty big question, and it's going to take some time before we get to see whether they really can or not. You know, this first game against Colorado State will be a good opportunity, you know. They should win this game. The Buffs have more talent. It's a warm-up, but it's against a team that isn't a cupcake. They're, they're going to be able to throw the ball. That's what Colin Hill is there for. He's a veteran quarterback at this point. Good decision maker. It'll be it'll be a test, and it'll give us a hint, but it won't be until we see other teams, particularly these Pac-12 teams, because even Nebraska, I do think that they're just going to want to run the ball. We know that Air Force just wants to run the ball. Once we get into those Pac-12 games, we'll see if they really do know how to cover in this defense. I'm excited now to tell you about some game-changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. Their reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, 
you name it. Uh, CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you will get it shipped straight to your door. Special teams now. Uh, Finishing off this breakdown of the Buffs roster before we get into... The season uh, tomorrow, like I said, we're having Andre Simone on. Andre is going to talk draft stuff with us, uh, prospects, what we're watching for across college football. Then Friday, we'll have Justin Michael on to preview the Rocky Mountain Showdown, which is Friday night. And then we're off and running. But for now, we're running through these special teams contributors. Punter, Alex Kinney. Uh... Davis Price is backing him up. They're both uh, both seniors, but this is really Alex Kinney's job. He's been in the past. In the past, he was one of the best punters in the country. Uh, had some injury troubles last year. We don't know what we're going to get from him this year. He's on the Ray Guy watch list, uh, which is the award that goes to the best punter in the country. He... He's a guy who could make a run at the actual award. Two years ago, he was putting up some of the best numbers in the country. The Buff Special Teams was ranked in the top 15 or 20 in the country. Last year, we'll step back. This is not a position that the Buffs need to be concerned about. Alex Kinney's the guy. Davis Price is his backup. That's just the the way it is. Hopefully, Alex can get back to form from a couple of years ago and make a run at the Ray guy, make a run at uh, the NFL, which I definitely think is in play for him. Uh, place kicker, James Stefano. Uh, again, two years ago, one of the best kickers in the country. Uh, he, he was hurt last year, didn't get quite as much time. When he did play, it wasn't quite as good as uh, the year before. He didn't actually make the watch list for the top kicker in the country, which was a surprise. We really did think that he was going to make that watch list. In the end, though, the watch list isn't what you're going for. You're going for the actual award. Again, his job is safe. He is the kicker. He was 30 for 30 on his PATs last year, 5 of 8 in field goals. The year before, he was 35 of 35 on his PATs, 17 to 22 with the field goals. He's consistent. He's a very good kicker, and he's the guy. Punt returner. This is where things get interesting. Dimitri Stanley. He, we've talked about him uh, when we were talking about the receivers. He's, he's speedy. He's quick. He's electric. He's he's a good or he should he projects as a very good punt returner. He seems like the exact type of guy who you would want back there. Somebody who can first of all catch the football but then also make plays afterward. He has that shiftiness and the agility to break big returns. The question mark is does he have the vision? And it's not because there's reason to believe he doesn't have the vision. It's just because that's the one thing that we can't see. You know, it's obvious that he has all of these physical tools. It's just whether, as a true freshman, he knows how to put them to use. 
it's going to be exciting to have him back there because he is so skilled. It's not like, I mean, if you're following the Broncos, that punt return situation is not fun. They're going to put somebody back there who can catch the ball because they don't have anybody electric. The Buffs have options, and their top option is Dimitri Stanley. I, I'm very high on him, not just as a receiver, but also as a returner. I almost think that that could be where he shines more this year because of his unique skill set. You know, watching him in that open practice, it's tough to explain just how quick his feet are. You know, when, when he's going through one-on-ones, you know, it, the spotlight is on him. Everybody is watching. He's your sole focus. You you have a chance to really dial into what he puts into every route. Because for him, it isn't just running to one spot, then running to the next spot. You can tell that he's thinking about every step. When he gets up to the top of his route right before the break, the, the stutter steps, the feet chops, the speed, speed in which he gets out of his break all of it is in- incredibly impressive those are the same things that really do translate to returning punts having those quick feet having the ability to run one way and quickly switch back the other way you know change the field change all the running lanes so that you hope you set up a crease for yourself we know he has the ability to set up those creases What we don't know is whether he understands what he's doing when he does set up those creases. Whether he can think through something like that and see the crease before it develops and then take advantage of it. That's the question mark, and that's something that might come with some time. Or he could just be super electric right away. Backing him up is Katie Nixon, who's, you know, a pretty similar style of player. Uh... More of more of a straight speed guy. He still does have that shiftiness, that quickness, but I don't think it's quite to Dimitri's level. I think that that's what gives Dimitri the edge as a punt returner. Katie Nixon just has the incredible ball skills, the the tracking ability, the ability to, you know, it, it kind of reminds you of Antonio Brown uh, before he went crazy when. Ben Roethlisberger would throw him a bomb. You know, Antonio Brown would just be running downfield. And it didn't matter if the ball was just a tiny bit underthrown because Antonio wouldn't just run to the spot where you can catch the ball. He would almost like loop and curve so that he would get to that point at just the right time and and make that catch without having to slow down and let the cornerback catch up. You know, if, if it was if he was running five yards from the sideline and the ball is falling at the sideline, he wouldn't just run straight to that point. He would run and then slowly curve and just meet the ball at that point. That's the kind of sense that Katie Nixon has as, as a receiver that a guy like Dimitri Stanley just doesn't have. What Dimitri has is the quick feet, the choppiness that really serves you well as a punt returner. Uh, to kick returner now, Katie Nixon's the guy. Uh, I actually don't know whether the Buffs are going to put two kick returners back. I I assume that's what they do. That's what most teams do. And the second guy is Jarek Broussard. So anticipation is both those two guys will be waiting back, one on the left side, one on the right side. 
kickoff team gets to make their pick who they want to give the ball to. This is where KD and that straight line speed will really make a difference. Catch the ball, run straight ahead as for as long as you can, and then if you have the quick feet, like KD does, just not, I don't think, to Dimitri's level, then maybe you can make a guy or two miss and pull a couple extra yards. Really, though, you're just trying to get to the 25-yard line before anybody on the coverage team gets to the 25-yard line. It's a straight race. Uh, Jarek Broussard, same thing. Very speedy. Again, a little bit of quickness, a little bit of shiftiness, but incredibly fast, and that's why he's back there. Maurice Bell is the number three guy. That's one that, you know, wouldn't have been your prediction, I don't think, just because it is kind of a random name from a skill position spot. Maurice has great hands, and that's what we've heard throughout camp, that they're just sticky. He doesn't drop the ball. He's making impressive plays, plus plays, not just you know making the catches you should make. I, I didn't realize that he was a speed guy, a returner threat. Maybe I need to go back and watch more tape on him. But it is exciting to see his name there because he is a guy who's gotten mentioned throughout camp as a receiver, and this shows that the Buffs think he has some explosiveness as well, some run-after-the-catch ability. And the fact that he is listed on the kickoff return depth chart indicates to me that he might not be so far down the wide receiver depth chart. You know, Ronnie Blackman was the returner last year, and he didn't get much time uh, as a as a cornerback. But I I think that's more of an outlier. I think that usually a returner should be a guy who is contributing somewhere else because it's one of your best athletes. Uh, Holder, we're not going to get too deep into the breakdown. Alex Kinney, the punter, will be holding. You know, I was actually talking to him. I guess we are going to talk about this. I was talking to him about it, and he said he actually doesn't get too excited to go out on the field and punt. You know, that's one of those things I was curious about when you're a punter. Are you thinking like, oh, I don't want to go out there. Do you get excited every time you go out? And he said like, eh, you know, it's just your job. You go out there and do it. What he gets excited for is holding because the team's scoring. If it's it's a more exciting time. That's when you really get to celebrate. Uh, also seemed like a great guy. So we'll throw that out there too. Uh, the snapper, JT Bale, senior. There you go. Uh, coverage and return units. Uh, this is the, what their list, or coverage return unit regulars. That's a spot on the Buffs depth, depth chart. Uh, Daniel Arias, number one, makes sense. Uh, he's going to be used as a receiver, but definitely not featured as a receiver. He is very athletic, very big. So it makes sense that as a guy that you're not too worried about losing, should something happen, knock on wood, and it sounds terrible to say that, but it, it doesn't drastically alter your offensive plan if you lose him. And he is an athlete, and he can contribute there, so he will contribute there as a sophomore. Uh, second guy listed, John Van Deest. He is more of a surprise because losing him does alter what you do with this defense. You know, you feel good about having Josh Allen backing him up or Keel Jones as well, but John Van Deest has clearly been the guy He's also very good on special teams, and I guess that that means, you know, Mel isn't going into this thinking we need to make sure everybody's 
safe. Everybody is uh, that that our, our our stars and our starters are protected because to win football games, you need guys to make plays whenever you can, and that includes special teams. And he's not going to worry too much about the potential downsides because if the Buffs are going to make a run at bowl eligibility at uh, the Pac-12 championship, they're going to have to rely heavily on their stars and a, a bunch of their starters too to step up and spend more time on the field because they don't have, you know, their second line talent isn't going to be the same as the second line talent in a place like USC. You really have to rely on those top guys in every situation. Number three on that list is Bo Bisharat. Again, makes sense. He's a senior, athletic, big guy, you know, third tight end listed on the depth chart. This is a role that the third tight end listed on the depth chart usually handles. Uh, behind them, Lucas Cooper, Nico Magri. Uh, and I think that kind of gets us through everything that I wanted to talk about. Uh, let me know if you guys have different takes on these players, their fits. But this is really my expectation for the season. Uh, through these last couple episodes, where we've broken down most of the starters, most of the key contributors behind the starters, and what they bring to the table. It's been an interesting exercise. Uh, it was interesting again. It's been a fun exercise. I've really enjoyed going through here. It's been a test too. Really made 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 me feel like I do have a good grasp on what's going on, which is what I was hoping for. Uh, that will all change though on Friday when we actually get to see them on the field. You know, the guys who've put on 20 pounds, have they lost a step? The guys who have had their responsibilities change with this new coaching staff, are are they prepared? You know, a guy like Carson Wells, is, is his are his skills more refined? Is he ready to be not just a, a very good athlete as a pass rusher, but a guy who understands the technique, understands the chess match that goes into being a pass rusher, that goes into beating the offensive lineman, the left tackle lined up across from him. That's it for today. I do have one more note for you guys that I missed at the beginning of the show, but uh, we are giving away a pair of tickets. They're next to the CU student section, I believe, lower level, uh, to have a chance to win those tickets. Go on to the BSN Buffs Twitter page. There's a post that says ticket giveaway or something. Uh, retweet that. Make sure you're following BSN Buffs. Tomorrow afternoon, Friday afternoon, we are going, or Thursday afternoon. The clock just flipped. Uh, so Thursday afternoon, we are going to be randomly selecting somebody who retweets, checking to make sure they're following BSN Buffs, and then giving them those those two seats. So definitely get involved with that. I think we have like 120 retweets right now, but some of them are people from BSN. I think all of the team BSN accounts retweeted them. So your odds are actually pretty good at winning these. Get your hat in the ring. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Andre Simone, uh, the next day with Justin Michael. And then it's time for some actual football, which is going to be so much fun. And I'm so excited to go through the season with you guys. And I hope you are too. Uh, that's it for today. Bye, guys. I think I like my Colorado sway. Cause when I'm in it play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to act.
August and see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army, we soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging at the crowd, do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit you. Hit you, hit you, hit you. Hey, hey. you on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. And we ain't playing with you, you can get it anytime. Yeah. It started at the scrimmage, we gon' win it at the last. Yeah. My Colorado swag in the middle of the ring.